Hello and welcome to Fintech Bytes, a podcast series from CMS, in which we will discuss and provide insight into some of the latest technology and regulatory developments, market trends and issues affecting fintech and innovation in financial services. Hello and welcome to this episode of the CMS Fintech Bytes podcast series. My name is Yasmin Johal and I am a lawyer in the financial services team at CMS and a member of the CMS Fintech Practice Group. Today, I am delighted to be joined by Nadia Edwards-Dashti, who co-founded the Harrington Star Group in 2010, which has grown into the leading fintech recruiter based in London uh, and also having offices in New York. In today's podcast, we will be exploring diversity in fintech, how this has evolved over the years, what fintech should consider going forward, and how the ever-changing fintech landscape will adapt in the next 12 months. So Nadia, welcome. How are you today? I'm really well, thank you. And thank you so much for the opportunity to speak on your very highly regarded podcast. (laughs) Thank you. Well, we're very grateful to have someone as exceptional as you on this podcast. Um, Very, very much looking forward to speaking to you. So let's go straight in. So Nadia, tell me a bit about yourself and how you found yourself in fintech. Yeah, I would love to. Um, So to tell you about me, we need to roll back to about 2004, 2005. Um, I just finished uh, my master's degree at UCL and I wanted to get into the big world of work and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, But I applied to a a lot of different things and I fell into the world of recruitment. But I really see that as such a lucky thing because it wasn't just the general world of recruitment. I fell into the world of placing technology technologists into financial services. So, you know, I've been in this world now since 2005 and wow, how it's changed. Um, I've seen the onset of fintech. I, you know, I was there for the, the recession um, in 2007, 2008. Um, I've, I've been working through the pandemic. Um, and, you know, the, the change that I've witnessed has been so awe-inspiring. But one thing that I've absolutely loved seeing is that in 2005, when I asked any questions around the lack of diversity or the absence of women within the technology space, um, I was uh, I was spoken over very quickly. I was told that, you know, why am I asking that question? All that was that was irrelevant. Um, The words diversity, equity, inclusion, they were just not on anybody's agendas and and no one ever even used these words within the city and what has been so fantastic for me is that something that is so dear to my heart and has been so close to my own personal journey is now something that everybody is talking about and I feel so privileged to have seen this shift and and played my tiny part in this shift as well so um, this is why I'm so excited to be talking with you today because I think we can cover some really important parts of this and important steps that have been taken. Thanks Nadia, I love how you said tiny part when you're you know, you're an award-winning fintech recruiter with your own published published novel so um, <laughs> I, love, I love your choice of words there definitely <laughs> definitely a big part of the ecosystem um, but no, great thanks so much for the introduction you know it's really interesting how you've gone for, gone you know into your your um fintech field and you know the various uh, challenges you found as as you've evolved throughout your career um so maybe let's focus more on the diversity aspect um what is your take on the current state of diversity and women in fintech is it a problem if it is why if it isn't why not 
Yeah, um, and I'm so glad that this is one of the early questions because I, I really want to sort of set out my stall on this. Um, as a recruiter, having worked in the industry for so many years, I believe that I have seen the truth, the truth that not many people get to see. And my visibility is so vast across the industry because, because I've been placing people into jobs. And because when people leave their jobs, they come and speak to me, they also come and speak to me when they want to progress within their jobs when they're worried about something that's happened in the workplace and they're questioning whether they can stay within the industry because of what they're witnessing or what they're what they're how they're being treated or what they're being part of so for me when i look at the current state of diversity in women in fintech it's really easy for me just to cite off some of the numbers um if we look at technology across the uk as a whole at the moment across every single role in, uh, in technology in the UK at the moment, only 19% of them are filled by women. If we look at women in leadership within fintech, the number is sort of moving up and down between 17 and 19%. Um, if, if we actually look at these figures, it's very easy for us to say this is dismal, this isn't good enough. But actually, I think that the real issue and the real problem we need to be looking at is our lack of ability to retain diverse talent and retain women within this industry. Um, I see it as a revolving door. I have conversations even to this morning where I'm speaking to wonderfully talented, experienced people within this industry and they're contemplating leaving because they don't see that opportunities are as plentiful. They don't see that there's a level playing field. Um, so for me, it's uh, the, the problem itself is about retaining talent and how do we retain talent we must invest in talent we must recognize talent we must must attribute credit correctly we must promote talent we must look after nurture support talent and we must pay that talent fairly um, so i think that when we look at the world of fintech it's such an amazing place that is constantly challenging the status quo. You know, if we if we actually think about it, it wasn't that long ago that we were using checkbooks. And now the speed in which money is transferred, it's phenomenal the change that, that has happened. But isn't it interesting how slow the change of diversity within this world has happened? Um, you know, if, if we can tackle some of the biggest financial payment solutions that are out there, why can we not tackle this problem? Um, and for me, it's something that I spoke about widely within the book. I think it's so, so important because, especially in the world of fintech, because fintech is about producing something for consumers. And surely your consumers are everybody in society. So we need to reflect society. And moreover, fintech is about agility, resilience, innovation of product challenging the status quo you need diversity of thought to be able to do that and if we keep having the same people in the same room from the same backgrounds talking about the same problems how innovative can we get so as you can probably hear i am super passionate about driving change for this yeah, I think that's really interesting. I think, you know, the, the one point that you mentioned around, you know, the, the solutions and the problems, in order to understand the problem and be part of the solution, you need to actually have the diversity of thought and diversity of talent. Only women will be able to fully appreciate the issues in financial services that face women. Likewise, only those from ethnic backgrounds or, you know, LGBTQ or disabilities will fully appreciate and recognise the problem. And they are critical in the solution in order to 
a minimize the problem and b move forward so i think you've raised some really interesting points which i know we've both discussed before so thank you for that um kind of you know there's a, there's a couple of interesting things you've just mentioned which i'm going to come back to come back to uh, in, in a little while around um you know, talent my next question is around you know covid19 how do you think covid19 has impacted diversity in fintech um, what changes have you seen after two years of lockdown? Have any trends in diversity become more apparent from the last two years? Could you perhaps give us your views on that, Nadia? Yeah, I would love to. Um, so I think this is a really interesting one. And, and look, we've all spoken about COVID a lot over the last two years. It's affected everybody. It's been um, such a negative time uh, for so many people in so many industries. And we cannot forget the challenge that people are still going through because of um, because of the aftermath of, of when we were at the height of the pandemic. And I think that the way it impacted diversity in fintech, actually, there were some positives, which I know is quite controversial, but the, the positives that I see, I want us to hold on to, and I really, really want us to fight to hold on to them. So if we all take our minds back to sort of March, April 2020, there was sort of the rise of, rise of, rise of, feeling positive about your colleagues and the rise of that personal touch and us just trying to build connections with one another because we were all alone. We'd all been sent home. We were all working from home. And actually in the world of fintech, I think we were starting to realize how lucky we were that we could continue doing our jobs from home compared to the millions of people that weren't within the world of fintech. I mean, the hospitality industry, it was a horrendous, horrendous time, um, but we were able to carry on with our jobs. And I think that there, there was this sort of sense of responsibility to keep, you know, stay calm and, and carry on, you know. Um, but there was this rise of our understanding of one another, that everybody's home life was different. Um, that we don't necessarily come to work on a level playing field, that there are some mums with, you know, to toddlers at home that, you know, trying to throw orange juice over their laptops, or there's dads working and they've got teenage kids that are trying to use the Wi-Fi because there's three of them trying to, to do their class classwork from home. Um, and I think that this uh, this renewed sense of awareness that people are looking after their parents, uh, there's single people completely on their own in flats needing needing this uh, this personal touch and being able to reach out and talk to one another. This renewed or, or new awareness of each other, I think, was a positive thing that we began to see that people have different challenges in their life. They have different situations. And what was really interesting from a recruitment point of view is that the minute that we all went remote, a lot of clients that I spoke to about their uh, about their staff said that they had had a number of part-time staff that were now full-time because since they'd been able to open their eyes to not needing to travel into the office and work from home, actually these individuals could could do the hours. It did work from work for them if only they were working from home. So I wanted to raise that as as an example because we began to think about our peers, our colleagues, our leaders, um, the people that we were responsible for. We began to look at them in new ways and in ways where we had to support one another, invest in one another. And as a recruiter within this space, I was 
so pleased that that's what we've started to do because I, I am totally committed to retaining people in this space. I want I want people to be given the best chance that they possibly can have to become the best that they can be within their career. And that that requires a lot of different people to be part of that. It's not just a solo task. Um, so I loved seeing that. But my concern is now that everyone's starting to return back to the office. We're starting to see... Um, We've all seen it in the newspapers. There's different companies uh, demanding five days back in the office. They are just falling straight back into the, the the previous world of work, where it is more of a challenge for certain demographics um, within society to be able to come into the office for five days a week. And actually, why do they need to, apart from traditional ways of thinking and traditional methods of management and traditional connotations of trust of staff? So. I think COVID-19 really impacted um, diversity in fintech with awareness. Um, but at the same time, um, we have all heard the stories of how the challenges have still continued. And wider than fintech, we've seen lots of women being impacted far more negatively than men. Uh, people from diverse backgrounds um, impacted far more negatively than those in power in positions of power or privilege. Um, and, you know, I don't need to reel off the stats on that. I mean, we we saw very early on in the pandemic the percentage of women compared to men that had been put on um, furlough. And that is just one example of how inclusion very, very easily gets put onto the back burner because it is still seen as a luxury item. So However, I can look at the positives of COVID-19, which is difficult because, you know, how can you because of all the trauma it's caused? Um, I, I will say there's a there's an awareness um, that started to happen, but we now have a responsibility to build on that and not let ourselves um, fall backwards. And I think the final thing that I'll mention is um, I have gone through a journey of so much education and learning from people across the industry during the pandemic years. And um, one thing that I now am very, very clear on is the problem of the incorrect attribution of credits that we often see with women um, or people who are um, who, who are described as um, ethnic minorities um, when they are within meetings, within innovation sessions, within any form of work or project. Um, are they given the correct attribution of credit for the work that they have done? And it, very, very interestingly, when we all went remote, people had to work harder to get recognised. Um, when we're now hybrid, those at home have to work even harder to get recognised compared to those in the office. And there's been lots of conversations around the two tracks of um, of career and career success, depending on your visibility. And I think that this really brings to heart the whole conversation around how managers need to be better and they need to work harder at correctly recognizing people in their team not letting the loudest people in the room take credit for the work that's done recognizing who is at the heart of a project so as you can probably hear i could go on for hours on this one but that those would be my my initial thoughts on covid it's a really interesting point and a lot of food for thought around not only the implications you know, during the COVID pandemic, but also actually now uh, when we're out the out, out of, well, fingers crossed, out of the COVID pandemic, um, how there's been not only a change to pre-COVID working lifestyles from your experience, but also 
where there is hybrid is actually not working or it's not as necessarily advantageous for for certain demographics so actually are we going back to you know two three years ago um in terms of the issues that presented themselves that perhaps were changed during covid and now um being heightened again so some really interesting interesting points there um but i guess kind of moving on and which ties in quite nicely uh to what you've just said and maybe more forward thinking around you know how we can increase diversity in your view in terms of trying to get more diversity into the industry what does talent look like and how can it be encouraged i guess you know what does good look like for a small or scale up business that doesn't necessarily have the resources as more established players you know mm. is there any one personal firm you particularly admire that you think is setting a good example yeah yeah and i love this question and thank you so much for asking it because just by asking it you're you're getting other people to ask of it of themselves like what would they define as talent and the one thing that i want to say before i go into my answer is that's a really important thing to question for yourself because it's um it's 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 almost like an unconscious bias it's like something that we just assume and all of us when we describe talent we in our minds it's probably someone who knows how to do the job already that's not talent that's someone who's got the skills right now that you're looking for but if we think about fintech those skills are changing all the time the demands on on someone's skill sets um, it's about learning and it's about being able to respond to different situations and problems that we would never have identified as problems previously. So to me, talent can be anything that you want to invest in. And actually, talent needs to be about potential rather than privilege. Um, and um, as, as a lot of you probably know, I've been recording podcasts myself since 2018. They're called Fintech with Nadia, the DEI discussions. Within them, I have a number of streams, my Women of Fintech podcast, my Humans of Fintech podcast, my Maternity and Paternity Stories of podcast, and the Talent Surgery. Now, the Talent Surgery is about really questioning what you describe as talent. Is talent somebody who's gone to the same university as, as you or the same private school as you because you feel like you'll both laugh at the same jokes and have had the same experience. And I know I'm being a bit facetious there, but the, the reality is, is that we've got to be thinking differently if we want to build a different and new industry, which is what we're doing. But we've got to do it with new ways of thinking. And, and again, I say diversity of thought. Um, so one of the things that I'm really challenging my customers on is, is their, their perception of talent um, and how they would describe it. And I'm really challenging people when they're hiring to stop saying, I'd like someone to hit the ground running, because what does that mean to you, hit the ground running? It means they can do the job vacancy that you have today. What about the job vacancy you're going to have tomorrow? Because every single job is changing. We all know that in fintech. But why do we rest on our laurels and still behave in ways that we used to behave in when the, the fintech world has changed so much? Um, there are a number of companies that I think are just doing this brilliantly. Um, and um, in terms of trying to get diversity into the industry, I've been working really hard with a number of businesses to do that. So um, I've partnered with a number of different universities, the University of East London um, and Henley Business School, part of the University of Reading. Um, I've probably done the most work with those two uh, presenting to 
um, presenting to their students, talking about why fintech is a great career move, why they should come and invest in, in, in fintech and invest their career within fintech. Um, and I've um, partnered a number of different companies across the industry to go and talk at these universities as well. Moreover, I think that actually we need to be looking um, sideways. We need, we need to be looking outside of the industry and thinking what skill sets could we use um, from other industries and how can we attract people to this industry when they've worked in the education sector, for example. Or uh, recently we had a policeman who's looking to cross-train into technology. Um, and, I, and I think it's a really interesting thought because I actually call this triple jumpers where you have somebody who's at a senior point in their career um, in a different um, industry. Um, so perhaps they've got very good management skills or very good organisational skills or very good ability to work under pressure, resilience, whatever it may be. And they're interested in cross-training into product or security or or data, whatever it may be, but there's transferable skills. I call it triple jumping because you can use those transferable skills to allow them to learn technology skills, to allow them then to grow within that business and then be promoted back up into a leadership role that they began with in a different industry. Now, to do that, it takes people in positions of power within their business to look differently at what they would define as talents. Um, so I think that there's lots of different examples and different ways that we can do this. Um, I've, I've given a couple of them just now, but a third one I'd like to mention is a program that I run, which I now call the 19% list, but it was called the 17% list um, up until um, the end of 2021. Um, and what that list is, is reflective of the physical number of women in technology roles in the UK. Um, and look, it's great news. Um, as of 2020, uh, it was 17% of all technology roles in the UK had uh, women or people who identified as women working in those roles. We are now at 19%, that 2%. Um, reflects 60,000 individuals, which is a huge step in the right direction. But when I first looked to build this program, um, I knew it was about retaining those women. It isn't about just attracting them. So um, what I've really focused on is showcasing potential technology talent um, with a number of different clients across the industry. And rather than saying, do you have any vacancies? What's your job description? Let's rip up the job description and let's talk about the skills that this individual has and how you could utilize those skills within your role, how you could build upon this potential talent to then invest in that talent, train that talent, promote that talent, fairly pay that talent. Um, so it's about, I think, just pausing for thought and thinking, well, how, how would I define talent? As somebody within the fintech space, what do I define as talent and am I Am I resting on my laurels and saying, oh, it's somebody that can hit the ground running, someone who knows this all already? Because that's a very dangerous way of hiring. And no wonder we can't retain people in the sector if we are only hiring people that can do the job with their eyes closed. How are they ever going to feel challenged, invested in, able to progress? So it's really worth thinking about. Yeah, some really, really interesting points there. I think things that have stood out to me is, you know, do you need to hit the ground running surely you should hire someone that has potential rather than being the kind of the finished piece because that's the that's the beauty of our lives right we work and we achieve different things and we grow and develop so I think 
you know, looking at the development opportunity in your candidates seems like a very plausible thought. And and also one thing perhaps I've never really thought about, it's not only getting talent, but it's keeping talent in the door. Mm. And, you know, in order to to have a sufficient level of diverse talent within the fintech industry, you need to really ensure that not only do you have the attraction at recruitment, but also how do you keep people there? It's definitely mm. more around support, nurturing, making the working environment a bit more um, accommodating to people's different needs. Um, so some really interesting points that you've raised, Nadia. So thank you for sharing that. And just moving on to my next question, kind of tying it back down to, to, to fintech itself. Um, you know, a year ago, the Cleef review of the UK fintech uh, landscape highlighted the ongoing diversity and uh, inclusion challenges within UK fintech. Uh, and um, Ron Khalifa um, set out various recommendations and skills, access to global talent and strengthening domestic pipeline. Um, just kind of in a, a couple of sentences, um, what is your view on the report? And do you believe changes have occurred in the industry since its publication a few years back? Um, yes, I do think changes um, have been made, but essentially I just don't think enough. Um, so I absolutely love the report, the bit on the domestic pipeline strengthening, where we're essentially attracting people globally to the UK to work within this space and then retaining them in the UK as experts. I absolutely love that. Um, but these are wise. We just don't see enough of it in reality, because even though that was a great, a great piece, made sense, would solve our problems as a recruiter within this space. There is still a fear around sponsoring visas. Um, there are some businesses that do it 100 percent. There's so many that don't and don't don't want to um, back the cost of that. Um, and that's a real, real shame because what Ron Khalifa was writing about in there, I, I think, is definitely the, the beginning steps of how we solve some of these problems. Um, it was um, a, a brilliant thing about um, how how we get hiring and people right. Um, and I thought that the recommendation on skills and investing in training people um, was was really, really spot on. But in the whole report, the talent section mentioned diversity and inclusion once or twice. There was a lack of direct calling out um, on the, the lack of diversity. And I thought that was a missed opportunity. But also, I'd love to see more actual follow-up to it um, from the government because that report itself was fantastic if we just do more on it. Now, I was at um, Innovate Finance's Global Summit, IFGS 2022, a phenomenal event that lasted two days, so many different conversations. I thought a really good balance of people and inclusion. Um, there are many conversations around financial inclusion. There are many specific um, business um, ed education pieces and networking and raising of awareness. I liked the talent sections that we had in there. And there was one talk around the Khalifa review and how the, how the steps have been made um, to push things forward. And there are many things within that review that have moved forward, but on the inclusion and the people side, I think there's a lot more that can be done. Great. And then maybe that can, is a nice tie into my next question around changes in the next 12 months. I think you've kind of covered it already um, in the various information that you've given us now, but what do you think of the top two, two to three changes um, in the next 12 months in terms of the fintech industry? 
Well, right now, everyone is hiring. Everybody is talking about talent and how, and they're using the phrase, the war on talent, which I totally don't like. I think it should be mm -hmm. about growing talent. Like, I, I don't know why we keep using this war on talent. It should be about our responsibility to grow talent and invest in talent. But this growth and the phenomenal rate of this growth, I think is really, really exciting and gives us a huge, huge opportunity to invest in people, to train them and to work really hard at retaining them. Um, and I think that, you know, in the next 12 months, if we could get more people thinking about how do I look after who I have already and I keep them in our in our business, I make sure I invest in them, I allow them to progress, I recognise them fairly, I pay them properly. I'm constantly thinking about how I can make them the best that they can be at their job. I build psychological safety in our company. I allow people to feel that they are allowed to speak their mind and therefore innovation will thrive off the back of it. I think that's exactly where we need to be focusing our efforts moving forward. Um, and of course, authentic inclusion is core to all of that. For me, talent is all about inclusion. Great. Thanks, Nadia. It looks like there's loads to look forward to over the next 12 months. Um, so thank you so much for sharing your insights. So maybe before I kind of wrap up, can you perhaps tell us in a couple of words um, or sentences a bit more about your book and how um, our listeners can get a copy and what they should be expecting? Oh, lovely. I'd love to. So um, the book itself is available at uh, Waterstone Smiths. It's on Amazon. Um, and the book is called uh, Fintech Women Walk the Talk, Moving the Needle for Workplace Gender Equality and Financial Services and Beyond. And it is a first of its kind. So I, um, when I reached over 100 of my podcast series, um, and my first series was The Women of Fintech, I knew I had something super special on my hands because it is it is a hundred women's opinion of what we need to do to truly drive equality within this industry. Um, and the book is a celebration of all those women. It's talking about what we can all do to drive inclusion and drive equality and how we can retain our people within our businesses. Um, it's a true celebration of what this industry is and, and more so what it can become as well. Um, it was recently uh, reviewed in the FinTech Times as well. And um, I absolutely loved what they said in the review because they noticed that in the book, I specifically chose to have the biographies of the 118 women um, and a few of the male allies that I quote within the book. I chose to have those bios right at the front because this is a celebration of the community. Um, and uh, yeah, I'd love anyone's, anyone's feedback, any reviews, any thoughts. Um, I'd love to talk about the book more for sure. Thanks, Nadia. Well, I've ordered my copy and it's... Um next on my reading list after oh. my blockchain and blockchain and DeFi lists, which are never ending, but I will definitely share my thoughts on the book once I've had a chance to read it. Um, so thank you very much. Looking forward to adding that to my uh, agenda. So thanks so much for your time, today, Nadia, and your insight on diversity and inclusion um, in the ever-changing fast-paced industry of fintech. Um, if our listeners want to get in touch with you, how can they do this? Um, through LinkedIn is probably the best way of getting in contact with me. Um, I'm always really receptive to any messages. I would love to discuss this topic more. Great. And that's Nadia edwards -Dashti. Um If you want any further details around this topic or any of the points that we've discussed in this podcast, then you can reach out to Nadia or contact me and our details are linked below. 
We also frequently publish thought leadership on this area. Alternatively, you can visit our FinTech webpage and Twitter page, which is linked below. Thanks everybody for listening and take care.